the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence will shake the earth and every heart will know you are Messiah, Yeshua Mashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel, Defender. Shalom and welcome to Heart of Messiah Radio Broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler and I'm the lead rabbi of Shoresh David Messianic Synagogues. Currently we're serving in Wesley Chapel, St. Pete, South Bay near Riverview and Tampa. We welcome all visitors as we desire to see those who are Jewish and not Jewish worshiping together in unity. We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM570 WTBN and 910 WTWD, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Shalom. Let's pray together. (laughs) Avinu Malkeinu, our Father, our King, we love you and praise you and worship you and magnify you. This is a glorious day that you have made, Lord, and we are rejoicing and we are glad in it. Lord, I pray that this broadcast today would bring you tremendous glory. I pray that we would hit the mark and people's hearts would be turned to you and touched. I pray, O Lord, that your heart, the heart of Messiah, would be developed in what I say. So, Lord... Uh, be with me, be with our listening audience, that they would hear just those things that you would want them to hear. We bless you, thank you, and praise you in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Amen. And amen. <laughs> okay. Well, last week we talked about Lashon Hara, which is a Hebrew term. It means literally the evil tongue. And it it differs from uh, defamation in that it focuses on the saying that people say that are true, and they say it for a wrongful purpose. Basically, it's about being unkind. It's not about lying. It's about being unkind. When people talk about not being under the law, they usually talk about keeping kosher or something uh, ritual in, in the Hebrew scriptures. But if you're a believer and you want to bring back civility to our nation, the way you speak, it starts with you. You need to model behavior that is good. Judaism teaches that the power of speech and of the harm that it can produce is, is amazing. In fact, we know from Genesis 1, God said, let there be light. God said it, and it was so. And so the harm done by speech uh, that is poor can really never be repaired. You can't take it back. 
If you cheat someone, you can repay them with the money. But Lashon Hara is best described as speech that causes people pain. And it's saying something negative about a person, even though those negative things are true. True statements can be more harmful and damaging than false ones because you can't defend yourself by disproving the negative statement. It's true, right? So in Jewish teaching, Lashon Hara is equal in seriousness to murder or idol worship or adultery and incest. So I, I want to finish off this topic because I have a new topic today, but I want to finish it off by giving you two scriptures. One is Ephesians 5 verse 4. And this um, scripture is just strong about speech. It says, obscene, coarse, and stupid talk are also out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. And so we should be thankful. And, and, and in Matthew, we hear the words of Yeshua. It says in verses 36 and 37, But I tell you that on the day of judgment... Men will give account for every careless word they speak. By your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. So even careless speech is is offensive to the Lord. I believe we need to have a revolution called Biblical Speech Revolution. Hey, if you can uh, tell me about how your speech has changed... Or you can tell me a story about your desire to change your speech. Email me, would you? I'd love to hear about it. But today, we're going to segue from the law of speech, so to speak, to what we would call the Ten Commandments, the, the laws. And, and in our synagogue last week, uh, we read the Ten Commandments. We were in Exodus 20. And so we're going to look at this topic as many people are familiar with it, but I'd like to try and go a little deeper. So we find the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20, verse 1 through 17, and Deuteronomy 5, verses 4 to 21. But we'll concentrate in Exodus 20. So we're going to start with uh, the first commandment. Um, there is some discussion about how the first few commandments are divided. But let's focus on what God is trying to tell us rather than controversy about which is number one and which is number two. However, I should say to you that I'm going to kind of give you a Jewish perspective on the Ten Commandments. So let's take a look at commandment number one. Chapter 20, verse 1 of Exodus says, Then God spoke all these words, saying, Verse 2, I am Adonai your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. This, I believe, is the first commandment. You say, well, what was commanded? (laughs) That the Lord is our God. 
that's the commandment. Okay, it doesn't say you must have the Lord your God, but but that is the first commandment, that the Lord is our God. What is God? God is the supreme being. He is deity. You know, he's described as the creator and ruler of everything that exists. So he's self-existent, which is an interesting thing to think about. He's perfect in everything, power, goodness, wisdom, etc., etc. He is per- he is perfection. And Lord is the word that is used instead of God's Hebrew name. In the Hebrew, God's name is spelled with four Hebrew letters, yud Hey vav Hey. It is not really known how the four letters are to be pronounced, since biblical Hebrew doesn't use vowels. So it could be Yahweh, or it could be Jehovah, or something a bit different. But in the English Bible, we always say Lord. In the Hebrew, we use the word Adonai, which accentuates God's worship, or excuse me, God's lordship of over all, over all of us, over all things. So Adonai accentuates God's lordship. And however, I don't want you to lose sight of what God is saying in this first commandment. Adonai, or the Lord, however you want to say it, is God. That makes us his servants. Our life should be about him. Our motivations should come from him. He is our all in all. So the first commandment is that we recognize who he is in our world, in our lives. Now, the second part of this first commandment says, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. So that is what he has done for us. Now you say, well, you weren't in Egypt, but you know, Egypt symbolizes sin. And so we recognize God for he is an amazing God who has done an amazing thing for us. He has taken us from sin and bondage and slavery and brought us into the promised land, a place where we can seek to be like God, as holy as he is holy. And so sin doesn't have the same power over us because God has done an amazing thing. So the first commandment is all about knowing God, who he is, and what he has done for us. Now, from there on, the commandments, I believe, are divided into three sections of three, okay? The second, third, and fourth commandment is all about man and God. The fifth, sixth, and seventh commandment is man and the family, the family of God. It's, it's, it's about being um, human versus the family, so to speak. And the uh, eighth, ninth, and tenth commandments are all about human versus human. 
So they are three categories. Interesting enough, there's another way to divide these nine commandments versus, I mean, commandments two through ten. Commandment second, the second commandment, which is uh, you shall have no other God. Um, The fifth commandment, honor your father and mother. And the tenth, you shall not covet, are about thoughts. It's about how you think about things. The third, sixth, and ninth commandments are actually about speech. And the fourth, seventh, and eighth commandments are about action. So we'll look at this as we continue and look at these commandments. The second commandment is found in verses 3 to 6. You shall have no other gods before me. Do not make for yourself a graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or on earth below or in the water under the earth. Do not bow down. Some scriptures, uh, some um, translations say worship. Do not worship them. Do not let anyone make you serve them. For I, Adonai, your God, and am a jealous God, bringing the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing loving kindness to thousands of generations of those who love me and keep my misvote or my commandments. So, the second commandment is don't put anything or anyone before God. Now that you know who he is, you know, from the first commandment, then you should have no graven images and do not bow down to anything or anyone. Do not worship anything or anyone but God. Okay? Now, when we look at no graven images, I think sometimes that is misunderstood. God is not forbidding us to make images of something for artistic purposes. God himself has commanded Israel to make images like the cherubims in, in, in Exodus 25.18 and Exodus 26.31. What he's doing here in this commandment is he's forbidding the making of images as an aid to worship okay so we we just want to make sure we understand that now some people use images for worship and i believe that would be against this second commandment paul repeats no graven images in romans 122 it says claiming to be wise they became fools They exchanged the glory of the immortal God for an image in the form of mortal man and birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Therefore, God gave them over in the evil desires of their hearts to impurity, to dishonor their bodies with one another. They traded the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served the creation rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. Boy, there is a lot in that verse, you know, but basically it's just saying no graven images, nothing but God. We are to love God with all our heart, soul, and mind. 
Now, we also see in that commandment no bowing or worshiping, no bowing down to anything or anyone but God. God is a jealous God. So how we conduct this commandment will actually affect generations to come. Pretty scary, isn't it? Bringing the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations to those who hate me. And verse 6, but showing loving kindness to thousands of generations of those who love me and keep my mitzvot or commandments. If you don't put God first, that sin will be on your children to the third and fourth generation. Think about that. Wow. Not only are we models, but God is holding us accountable for how not only we see him, but how we behave towards him. If you put God number one in your life, God will show loving kindness to the thousands of generations, which should motivate us to make God number one in our lives. In a sense, putting God first is defined by God as loving him and keeping his commandments. We see that in the book of John, right? Think about the future of our families, our children, and their children. This should definitely motivate us. Our lives should change because of this commandment. Put nothing before God. Think about it. What idols do you have in your life that you've put before God? The third commandment is in Exodus 20, verse 7, you must not take the name of Adonai your God in vain, for Adonai will not hold him guiltless that takes his name in vain. Uh, Matthew 6, 9 gives us a positive command uh, of the same type of idea when he says, therefore pray in this way, our Father in heaven, sanctified or hallowed, be your name. You know, the, the word for hallowed in the Greek is um, hagiadzo, hagiadzo, which means to acknowledge or to make venerable to, to, or to separate from things that are profane or to dedicate to God, to purify. So we're seeing that there's a little broader understanding of what it means to not take God's name in vain. So I think that would cover profanity, obviously, which is cursing. But I believe it also covers joking and being silly and superficial when talking about God. But the third one is the worst. (laughs) Oh, my. Hypocrisy. Look, being a believer... And claiming his name. And don't, don't we claim his name? Yes, we do. But acting in a way that would disgrace him, that would take his name in vain. Wow. We're putting this on a whole new level now. In other words, when you are doing things that people see would disgrace the Lord... In a sense, you are taking his name in vain. 
This is why Jewish people say the, uh, don't say the name of God. They use the word Adonai, which is, we, we now say Lord, but because they're afraid of breaking this commandment. They don't write the name of God in Hebrew. They will write Adonai instead of yud heh vav those four letters, because they are so scared about do, breaking this commandment. But as I said, I want you to think about this idea of hypocrisy. We are claiming the name. If you believe in Yeshua, Jesus, as your Messiah, you are claiming his name. But when you act in a way that would disgrace Yeshua and what he has taught us, you are being a hypocrite and you are taking his name in vain. Right? Think about it. Yes, a whole new understanding of the third commandment. The fourth commandment also deals with our relationship with the Lord. He wants us to know who he is. He wants us to know that we shouldn't put anything before him. He wants us to know that we shouldn't take his name in vain. And number four is we should set aside time and our talents and our treasures to worship him. It's called Shabbat, the Sabbath. And it's found in verses 8 through 11 of chapter 20. Verse 8 says, Remember Yom Shabbat, the day of the Sabbath, to keep it holy. So there are two things in that portion of the commandment, and that is to remember and to keep it holy. We'll talk about what that means Well, I guess we might end up talking about it next week because we don't have too much time left. Verse 9, you are to work six days and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Shabbat to Adonai your God. In it you shall do no work, not you, not your son, your daughter, your male servant, your female servant, your cattle, nor the outsider that is in your gates. You know, I am going to talk more about Shabbat next week, but there is one thing I would like to um, say about Shabbat is that in this particular uh, understanding of Shabbat, we see God declared the essential humanity and dignity of women, slaves, strangers, and said that they had the same rights to a day of rest as the free Israeli man. This was radical at that time. It was radical. Oh, well, any rate... As radical as it was, I'm going to have to stop and talk to you more about Shabbat and the other commandments in the next few weeks. It's going to take some time to go through these commandments. But I would like to mention to you that, um, you know, you can reach me at rabbi at heartofmessiah.org. 
and tell me what you'd like me to teach on or discuss things with me. I'll be happy to answer you. You can also call Karen at 813-831-5673. We're still sending out prayer booklets so that you know how to pray for our government, the U.S. government and Israel. So call Karen, 813-831-5673. If you'd like to include a gift, we'd appreciate it. It allows us to stay on air and... uh, If you missed the program, go to our website and check it out. There are the past programs. And look, our recent programs have sought to give you, the army of believers, ammunition to fight at the spiritual level where we can see the most good. Join with me each week and bring your friends as the body of believers gets larger, stronger, and more effective in defeating the enemy as we grow in our desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. Let's close with prayer. Abba, Father, teach us your ways so that our hearts would be hearts of flesh and not of stone. May our words and actions always reflect the heart of Messiah so that everyone who meets us will know that Yeshua is our Messiah and King. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.